afternoon. Welcome to tonight's edition of The Boldness on 3CR. My name is Rafael, a rambling biologist, Caleb, and The Boldness is about standing up your disability rights instead of waiting for some well-meaning person to give them to you. Now, I've got a very, very special guest for you tonight. It's a lady called Amanda L. J., a disability advocate. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Rafael. Now, Amanda, recently you were back in the water again after 20 years. What happened? Yeah, sure. So um, I've always been a water baby as a kid and a lot of a long story. Having scleroderma and growing up with that, I wasn't able to get into the beach. So uh, after I had my legs amputated, that provided opportunity for me. So it um, created an open in regards to um, a better life for you know with my disability so I'd been advocating for the last 10 years or so for it to happen and finally it's here well it is is look with beach accessibility is that this is actually Melbourne a fairly decent sized populations for Australia what would I actually say Amanda if I told you that across at Bernie Lifesaving Club in Tasmania with a much smaller population, they've actually got a floatable wheelchair. I'm happy to hear that. Do they have the beach matting as well? Yes, I believe that they um, would. They had a lot of things down there. I was down there earlier this year, and I'm talking very recently in October, and they had quite a lot of equipment down there, which it looked like it would be very, very accessible. It might be a bit chilly, though. Well, is it? Oh, you... Um, for the benefit of the studio, of our listeners, Amanda, what's the colour of my skin? Oh, you're, you're a little bit tanned. Well, I tell you, that's where I go for my holidays because that's where the ozone layer is straight over the top. I get this fantastic tan going down there. Now, but Amanda, is that you said about um, quality of life. How did becoming a double amputee improve your quality of life? Yeah, so scleroderma is quite a complex um, medical condition. So it um, affects the, it's a connective tissue disorder. So it's in effect an overproduction of collagen. So it's not just your um, skin that gets involved. It's your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, etc., and your organs. But for me, the skin was, um, you know, quite tough and quite hard. So my feet and my legs always always had skin ulcers. So uh, it was quite painful to walk. It was, you know, difficult to wear shoes, etc. Hence now I have a foo- shoe fetish. Um, yeah. So from that perspective, um, being an amputee, uh, it's made life a lot better. Now, Amanda, is that I'm glad. You've got the word out in the open. 
Scleroderma? Have I? How close am I with this one? <laughs> yeah, you're pretty close. It's scleroderma. <laughs> Scleroderma. Pretty good. Well, is that I'm actually improving about this kind of thing. Now, how did having scleroderma affect you through school? Yeah, um, actually, I was teased quite a bit because my skin was quite a bit different. Um, yeah, I was getting, you know, called lizard and all sorts of horrible names during my high school years. Uh, that's what kids do. They're quite mean, aren't they? But from a, that perspective, yeah, it was, it was a bit rough. I had to have a lot of time off school, surgeries, hospital visits, treatments, uh, etc. But, um, yeah, it didn't make me any, any less of a, an educated advocate here today. Well, okay. Well, it's one of the th- things that I've actually learned about life experience is that adversity builds resilience. Now, as a person that you've just said that you've been teased, bullied, and essentially harassed at school... Why would that make you into a better disability advocate than other people? Yeah, interesting. So the theme for International Day of People with Disability this year is transformation towards a resilient and sustainable society for all. Um, And I find that quite ironic that, of course, people with disability are more resilient. And that is because we have to face change every single day. We have to, um, you know, we come across barriers and we have to work out how to get around those barriers, etc. I think that just naturally builds our resilience. I think when we become quite different to others, we naturally just seem to want to resolve things, do things differently, do things better. And with the transformation process, relating this to accessibility at the beaches, that because you hadn't been in the water for approximately 20 years... How did it, why was the transformation process of going back, was it cleansing or was it the softness of the water or was it just going back to that childhood years? Oh, I think it's a combination of everything. I think, you know, um, experiencing the beach as a kid, it's very different than swimming in a chlorine pool. So um, I had been swimming since I had my legs amputated. I'd been into chlorine pools, but they're nowhere near as great as the fresh seawater. Um, so, yeah, it, it was kind of like, yeah, it really taking me back to the memories of, um, of a kid. It was great. Well, so then that's kind of like it's special to remember that um, being a kid and having that youthful enthusiasm for life, it actually has to translate across to a number of different areas. Like, for example, as I've touched, we've touched on briefly so far, as someone that you've said that bullied, harassed, teased at school, and you've become a very educated disability advocate, would you outline your education process then? Yeah, that had a lot of barriers as well. So, uh, yeah, Um, having to um, study um, later in life, um, I was at the point where, um, you know, my disability or my, my um, issues with scleroderma weren't as um, dramatic. So after having the legs amputated, um, you know, my health improved. So I actually started um, going to school once I'd got, got my legs amputated, well, my first leg amputated um, and continued through um, that way. So, um, yeah, I, I did have my exams, um, yeah, just two weeks um, before I was having my second leg amputated, which was a bit of a challenge and a bit, bit of a stressful one. But as I said, we're all resilient. It's all good. Right. And look, it, that's the really, really important aspect. So you got through and like, what was the pain management after having um, the legs amputated, especially coming into the exams? 
Um, yeah, so that that was actually quite interesting, and you know, I think because it was my second leg that I was that was amputated, um, it was a much better process. So, you know, I'd learnt my lessons from my first one around what worked for me in regards to pain management, um, how we dealt with that moving forward, and in comparison to when I actually had my legs, that pain was nothing in comparison to when I actually had my legs. So the pain with the scleroderma and the um, you know skin ulcerations and the surgeries, et cetera, that was far more worse than getting a leg amputated. So, yeah. Right, and look, in part of your worldly experience, you're a New York, New York girl. <laughs> Tell us about New York. Why is it a good city to live in from a disability point of view? Well, um, I think number one is because it is a lot more accessible. So in what I, ways is it more accessible? Yeah, so I, I can access, um, you know, every single bus, so getting around, um, I think people with disability, you know, they like to, you know, challenge themselves. So I, I get on the subway, I, I do all sorts of different things that I would here. So here I'm a little bit frightened of accessing our public transport because it's not always accessible. So the other aspect too is I think because Americans have been a little bit more exposed to war and with the veterans, etc., I think they have a little bit more of an understanding of disability. They have a little bit more exposure. That's my personal opinion. Right. Okay. But okay. What about from a footpath point of view? Let's say if you had a medical appointment, uh, let's say you had to see a specialist, is it easy for you to maybe get into a building or like the footpaths? Are they smooth? Lots, or are they lots of cracks, or are they uneven? Yeah, so in, in New York, they're, uh, they're pretty easygoing and it's um, quite flat. They've got a lot of curb cuts, et cetera, for accessibility. Um, and the other aspect too is um, New Yorkers are a little bit more aware of their surroundings, whereas here in Melbourne, people have got their heads down at their phones and not paying attention and walking into you. So that's a little bit of a fear factor for me as well, being a double amputee, the slightest knock, bang, I'm on the ground. So <laughs> whereas in New York, they seem to pay a bit more attention to where they're going and what they're doing. And what do you actually mean by a curved footpath? Yeah, so you know the, the like the pram ramps that go up from the road, so those little curbs that come up that are nice and even. Right, sure. So, so with the um, ramps, is that that makes things maybe for people like your um, self, people with uh, maybe pushes, maybe people with wheelchairs. Yes. Uh, maybe even like as far as crutches go. Yeah, absolutely. It makes it so much easier, definitely. Right, and also let's, I want to actually have a little bit of a think about this one, is that across in New York, how accessible would maybe the streets be for people that are visually impaired? Well, yeah, that one I think I might it might be a bit of a challenge. So the crosswalks walks don't really have the um, the sound like they do here, you know, the tick, 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 or whatever the, you know, when you walk across the road, I can't remember the technical name for them. But um, yeah, those, they don't have them as much in New York. They're very random. So they have them more here in Melbourne. Right. Well, is it, that's a nice little um, thing to actually think about that while Melbourne does some things well, as far as accessibility goes, New York also does something very well as well, as far as the accessibility part goes. Now, is it, I like this idea of beaches myself, is that I really, I mean, I reckon I should have an office at the beach, on the pier preferably. Now, I think what, I'd join you. <laughs> well, I said, I'd, I'd love you to join me um, on the pier there, Amanda, that'd be fantastic. But like you said, what did you do to actually maybe get the salt through your skin in the time that you couldn't go into the salt water? 
Yeah, so there's a little pier down in um, Port Melbourne. I'm not quite sure if you um, are you aware of it. Um, it's right down towards the end near Spa- um, Station Pier. I cannot think of the name of it right now. But I used to actually just walk down there and um, sometimes I'd even take my wheelchair and just go down and make sure it was a day that it was, you know, the, the waves were actually crashing. And it would be just a sprinkle on my arm, but it would that, that would have to be it for me. So, yeah. Right, so what about if somebody had have said to you, look, here's a bag of, let's say, Epsom salts, for example, or sea salt. We're going to put them in the bath for you. Would that have made a difference or? No, I think I think because, you know, the ocean is, you know, such a, a great monstrosity, I think, you know, it has this overwhelming power in, you know, getting into it. I think that that that's made the difference, actually, you know, feeling the salt water in the ocean. You've done a bit of writing, haven't you? Yes, I have. Well, is it, I mean, I mean, describing the ocean as a great monstrosity. <laughs> I mean, that is what you think, guys. Do you reckon that's worth? What do you reckon that's 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 a good quote? I'd reckon. Sure. All right. I'll uh, I'll write a blog tomorrow for you, Raf. Well, if you would, is it about the great monstrosity of that body of water that could actually um heal a lot of other heal a lot of people? Now, why is it important to actually have matting for wheelchairs on a beach? Yeah, look, I think it, it provides access to all. And I think that's, you know, one of the the main things when you're becoming a disability advocate, you can't just do everything, you know, for yourself and for your own disability. You know, the other great thing in the location where it is at St Kilda Beach is, you know, they've got the changing places facility. So people with disability that can't, you know, get out of their own wheelchair, they've got the hoist that can pop them into the um, beach wheelchair. It's close by to accessible tram transport and the trams, etc. There's the ramp and the matting as well just allows for stability. So you've got people on crutches, you've got um, people with walking frames that are older, etc. So um I am, I'm going to say I am grateful to City of Port Phillip for um, pushing this along and making it possible. Well, so am I. So we're going to tease out this little thing about where the location is for listeners. To, and we're going to pinpoint it straight after we have a community service announcement. It's apparently the festive season. And if you're looking for a festive uh, present, you might be looking for some wine. How about that, Andy? Sounds good. Here we go. news dear listener it's that time of year we once again are selling two delicious wines generously donated by local winemaking star and 3cr supporter luke lambert at 17.50 these wines are a super bargain labeled especially for us and they're even cheaper by the dozen or half dozen perfect as a gift or to fill a raised glass to toast 3cr at those summer festivities Give us a call on 94198377 to order or you can go to 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Wines are available for collection from 3CR up until December 22. Ain't no mountain high enough to keep me from them. You're listening to 3CR Radio. 
Okay, and welcome back to the Boldness on 3CR. My name is Rafael Caleb, and we've got a very special guest live in the studio, Amanda LJ, Disability Advocate. And we were talking about beach accessibility, and we are going to pinpoint this exact location for beach accessibility in the city of Port Phillip. Yeah, sure. It's, so it's uh, St Kilda Lifesaving Club, which is, if you want the exact street address, it's 34 Jacker Boulevard. Sensational. 34 Jacker Boulevard is where the accessibility is in the city of Port Phillip for a floatable wheelchair and for matting and for a hoist. And do they have a shower facility down there too? They certainly do. It's an accessible shower as well. Well... I put it to you, Amanda, thank you very much for um, everyone who's been listening because that's the kind of thing like having a disability, it means having family members and also means having friends and they want to say, hey, you want to come down to the beaches? Yeah, we go to 34 Jacaranda Boulevard in the city of Port Phillip where it's accessible and I can join you on the beach then too. What do you reckon, Amanda? Absolutely, yeah. And I just want to add in, Port Melbourne uh, Life Saving Club also have the matting and the beach wheelchair. They just don't have the changing places facility. Right, well, is it? that's a step in the right direction though about making sure that the beaches are inclusive and as we all should know in Australia that beaches are a big part of life. Yes, we are uh, a beach culture, absolutely. Yeah, but look, is it, as a beach culture, is it, I'm still getting my head around and ocean as a great monstrosity. <laughs> is it, because the reason why I really, really like that, it reminds me of something I wrote a couple of years ago. And I think it's relevant because you've done the writing too. The ocean was depositing its anger on the innocent sand. And that's the kind of place when you've got the in a little wheelchair and you actually can't get down there. What do you reckon of that little image there for great monstrosities? Yeah, fantastic. I, I resonate with that well. Having to go down um, and just actually watch people, yeah, definitely. I resonate with that one. Yep, and that so like and the uh, waves were depositing their anger onto the innocent sand and the imagery there is that people with a disability the innocent parties in this one is that the anger is coming straight at them, but that's the only way that people can actually reach out and actually share the emotions around to get some kind of interactions. Oh, you're going to give me great material to write tomorrow. Thank you. Well, that's okay. Look, <laughs> looking a bit more about this one, Amanda. Is that how should people actually... Com- what's, what are the best ways for people to communicate with people with a disability? Be yourself. I mean, seriously, we just want to be treated like everyone else. It's it's not about, you know, having rules and regulations about what you can and what you can't say. Um, at the end of the day, we are all human. And I think society has kind of lost that a little bit. It's like, you know, treat me the same as I want, you know, to be treated as you. Okay, so, well, guys, is this, are you up? I'm, 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 Andy, do you want to be a part of this one too? And Amanda, are you up for a bit of a role play here? Sure. Andy, you'd like to do <gasps> okay, a bit of a role play? Type, they said, we're going to actually do some little plays. Little plays. Amanda, do you mind playing yourself? Sure. Okay. Um, Andy, do you mind playing Amanda's carer? Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to play the stranger here. All right. Now, I'm looking straight at you, Andy. Yeah. How's Amanda going? Well, like, as far, yeah, great. She's fantastic. Great interview. 
Well, that's exactly right. Now, what do you reckon, Amanda? Oh, yeah. I'm just about to say that, no, you shouldn't be asking Andy. You should be asking me. You're exactly right. And that's the answer that I was actually hoping for, Amanda. That is the purpose of a real-life radio role play, to actually set this up in such a way that Amanda gets its point that when you're talking with people with a disability, you're talking with the person and it is not for the carer to actually answer. It's for the carer to actually refer it back to the actual person. Mm. And Andy, this was not actually set up. I'm glad you were playing along with that <laughs> because I know that you're a really good guy and you're very caring and socially inclusive. It's nice Thanks, that you did that. No worries. That's all right. <laughs> I should have actually set up and got Andy asked me the question, but he wouldn't know what, how it goes. Now, Amanda, is it... You're, as a disability advocate, what does your actual work entail? Oh, goodness. Um, so that's anything from, you know, me just going along the street, like as at yesterday, um, you know, I'm going along a street in Melbourne and the tactiles are all in the wrong places. I am, I'm not vision impaired, but I have enough experience to know that, you know, you don't have tactiles that sit on the edge of a curb that, you know, is going to go over into a street and you're going to walk directly into a car. It wasn't actually, you know, on what I was talking about before, you know, the pram crossings and that. It was just on the actual sidewalk itself. And it's like, well, first of all, that's what I do. I contact, um, you know, the local council and I have a chat with them and, you know, talk to them about, you know, advocating for change. Uh, that's just a minimalist thing. I work on lots of different things around um, disability action plans, so getting larger organisations on board and assessing around what they can do better around accessibility. And that's anything from communications, built environment, employing people with disability, uh, you name it, it's included. Wow. Is that, I'm <laughs> impressed here. So we've, we've actually we've got someone actually who's an expert and very, very good in a lot of uh, different areas, especially about the inclusion. But the big project that I think that you might be working on is People with disability generally don't get a fair going employment. In fact, a lot of them end up working for nothing. What do you think? Mm. Yeah, look, you know, I, um, I, I appreciate that. And a lot of people, um, yeah, don't get the opportunity that they should to get employment without a doubt. And, you know, that's, that's judgment. That's complete judgment in most cases. Well, it is. I mean, it's kind of like on the top of my bucket list is actually have a paid employment job where as part of social inclusion, I get paid less than $1.50 an hour, which is more than my fares to actually get to somewhere so I can actually have friends all around me instead of actually adding value to it. And I don't think that's actually quite a reasonable way. In fact, I think there's better ways that I can actually spend my life than doing something like that. I'm absolutely in agreement with you. Absolutely. I've got my own terrible personal stories about, um, you know, barriers to employment. Okay. Can you give us a 60-second story about a barrier? Sure. Um, so I went to a disability employment service provider. So they're meant to be specialists in employing people with disability. Um, I went in first off in my wheelchair, went straight through the door and it was like, okay, so you can do data entry. You're in a wheelchair. Oh. Two weeks later... I went back and I wore my prostheses and it was like, okay, let's have a career conversation. And it's like, oh, so all of a sudden my intelligence has gotten higher because I'm wearing prostheses rather than sitting in a wheelchair. So mm. a lot of judgment. Well, I could, I, I could actually write a really fascinating skit about this whole process <laughs> there about if you like quick little visualisation here. Amanda, if you're sitting in a wheelchair and you're in your prosthetics... How much taller are you in the prosthetics? 
<laughs> yeah, I got myself made taller. <laughs> because it is actually a fact that uh, generally in political uh, contests, the taller candidate usually wins. And from an income point of view, it is usually the people that are actually the tallest actually get the most amount of money too. <gasps> oh, gosh, I need to add more, more height to my legs then. Well, I'm sure that I could do that. I, well, Lisa, I'm quite sure that you're quite capable of doing that. i tell you what, what you could do, if, if you actually had a motorised wheelchair, and I know that you're one of these fun-loving people, is that you could actually have a motorised wheelchair and you could actually stand up off the, like on like a little surfboard, and you could actually <laughs> ride in there and say, here I am, Amanda, what do you reckon? I love it. I love it. Yep, I'm up for it. Well, that's what we kind of like, like to hear there. Is it? how much courage did it take to get back in the water, though? Oh, um... Yeah, look, a little bit. Um, it, you know, as I said, that big ocean monstrosity, you know, it's a bit of a worry. Um, and of course, you know, being a double amputee, I can't stand up in the water. So as long as I've got someone close by to me, I'm okay. Um, yeah, so if a big wave comes and, you know, whooshes me away, um, I just want to make sure that someone's around there to catch me. <laughs> well, Amanda, it's actually been lovely actually having you on the show. Is that thank you? For, we're talking with Amanda LJ, a disability advocate. How do people get in touch with your blog and with yourself? I think it's um, www.accessibleaction.com.au. There's no .au. Oh, .com. Can you please repeat it for the benefit of our listeners so they can hear your voice? Of course, of course. So it's www.accessibleaction.com. And I have had a look at it. There's lots and lots of good info in there. You find a little bit more about Amanda and she has got some entries as well about beach accessibility. Thank you very much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. Now, as I said, the next show of The Boldness will be back on the 7th of January 2018, which is going to be very, very exciting. We've got a lot of things to plan for 2018. As far as there's going to be... Uh, one of the things I actually why I want to take this announcement, the disability pride wall that went across at Marabonong Council was taken down is that it was taken completely down. I have got exclusive photographs of every piece of artwork. There has been a peace meeting about where we go from this. And there's going to be developments which happened in 2018, I believe. And that's at a very high political level about getting this one resolved. That was one of the big announcements. And I'm going to leave you with one last thing. Our Christmas gift to you. And it goes along. The first Noel... Asked, uh, do you hear what I hear? Hark the herald angels sing the rock cradle. Good King Wensler said, go tell it on the mountain. Um, this is uh, the boldness from 3CR. Little bit of comedy here. We're going out with Amanda's favourite songs, the speech accessibility by the Beach Boys, Surfing USA. A very big thank you to our panellist, Andy, the techno wizard, Brett. No worries, Raphael. Sensational. And Finn Mill will be back with me in 2018. Have a great um, rest of the year and keep listening to 3CR. This is 3CR, Voice of the People. Thank you very much.